This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Car Guys Report Informed Automotive is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. If you're a fan of the English Premier League, you'll want to check out Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. As you can hear by his accent, Adam is from England originally. Chelsea fan, if you must know. And he's also an expert in soccer tactics and methods. He's the director of coaching for the Illinois Youth Soccer Association. So obviously, he has some incredible insights into the game. Tune in every week. We're on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. A Tony Lasano podcast, the No Pie Show. And because it's soccer, we never use our hands. RadioMisfits.com The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride. Certainly glad to have you with us. I'm Mark Vernon, along with Lou Costable, and this is the uh, Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Yet another uh, great episode, some really cool stuff we've got to talk about today. And Lou, I wanted to uh, open uh, this show with the Devotion to Accuracy Department. We always like to uh, try to be as accurate as possible here on the uh, Car Guys Report. Sometimes we kind of get off on tangents or I'll just start babbling on about something. And I just want to make sure that, uh, you know, 98% of the information that we um, talk about here on the uh, podcast is correct. Uh, An episode or two ago, we were talking about different Mercedes, and I just wanted to um, clarify that when I was telling the story about the the C-Class C63S that I saw at the dealer the one time, it was the Edition 507. I think I was calling it the 503, but it's the Edition 507. It was 507 horsepower, so even more than than the standard C63 uh, AMG. So I wanted to clarify that. And then we also talked about the the Mercedes-Benz McLaren, and that was called the Mercedes SLR McLaren. It had those scissor doors. And then they also had a 720 edition, which was the one that I was trying to recall, and it was 7-something. So it was 722 edition. They also made a Roadster version of that car. I've seen both in the flesh. I think the coupe looks better. And you were correct with the um, that is the Mercedes that had the uh, the side pipes coming out right underneath the the, the rear of the front fenders. Right. Yeah. The, front, the front wheels right behind the front wheels, which yeah. is really unique. Very, very cool. And uh, we were also talking about uh, the Hummer H3, which was a car that was discontinued in 2010. We were talking about cars that had been discontinued last decade. And uh, I wasn't sure what the chassis of the... Um, or what the H3 was based on. I was thinking it was like a Tahoe or something like that, but it was based on the Chevy Colorado pickup truck chassis, uh, which is the same as the GMC Canyon pickup. So that's what the H3 was based on. And um, they said that GM claims that only 10% of the components were shared between the H3 Hummer and the Chevy Colorado. Whether that's true or not, I have no idea. They also made a pickup version of the H3, which I totally forgot about, called the H3i or H3T. And uh, that was with, it still just had the the, the four doors, like a crew cab kind of, but they made it with a 
a short uh, bed and back, and those you don't see very often at all. I totally forgot that they had made one of those. Total production on the H3 was only 159,000 um, units moved, uh, and the standard, uh, they had a 5.3-liter V8 that you could get in there because you were talking about the gas mods. You thought it was rated pretty high. The, the ratings I found were 14 city, 18 highway. Mm, not as um, high as I thought. But I, I, I forgot about this, and, and this is something we're going to actually talk about later in the program, is you could also get a five-cylinder in the H3, a 3.7-liter five-cylinder, which would obviously give you, uh, I would think, better gas mileage, although it would be could be a little uh, down on performance and, and towing and things like that. But uh, interesting that uh, the H3 was available with a five-cylinder. And one of the tops we're going to talk about later in the program is uh, select five-cylinder cars, because it's always kind of an oddball engine that a lot of people forget about, and you're always not sure. Um, you know, it's kind of in the back of your mind, and I just wanted to talk about that for a while but so that's the devotion to accuracy department we got that uh, out of the way and lou we got a, an email from a listener uh fan count magpie and uh, i wasn't I, I wasn't exactly sure what magpie was i wanted to make sure it wasn't some kind of um you know vulgar thing or anything like that but a magpie is a bird it's actually part of the crow family and he's not making us eat crow here, but count magpie. And, and a little self-deprecation, I don't think, ever hurt anybody. Count magpie says, thanks for the good car content. I've listened to all your episodes commuting on the way to work, which is great. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. We know that a lot of our listeners uh, tend to uh, listen to the podcast either while they're driving to and from work or running errands or walking the dog or whatever. So it's a great way to, uh, to tune in and keep up with what we're doing. And he said, I came up with this drinking game when not driving of course so obviously we don't condone drinking and driving and when i responded back to count magpie i said well first of all lou doesn't drink so it'd be a little hard for him to get drunk on oduls <laughs> anyway but he says take one drink every time mark describes something as cool and i know that you do use the <laughs> word cool a lot but uh he said that now lou this is this one's for you take two drinks every time lou talks about himself in the third person <laughs> so <laughs> there you go <laughs> well, Count Magpie, my first thought for your email is roll your windows down, turn your volume up so everybody can, can listen to it. the yes, Car Guys exactly. report. A, number one. There you go. Number two, um, I'm so glad, first of all, that you're listening. Thanks for uh, enjoying the channel with us. And obviously, the most important part is that we're having fun. Exactly. So clearly, he's having fun on the channel, and that's the main exactly. thing. Exactly. So, and that's, that's so, was the gist of the response yeah. that I got back to you him You don't on, even so. have to tell your friends. Just roll the windows <laughs> down, turn the volume all the way up, and just let... You know, what are you listening to? You know. <laughs> so we certainly appreciate Count Magpie checking yep, in sure. via email. And, of course, our email address, carguysreport at hotmail.com. Be sure to tell a friend about the Car Guys Report. As uh, Lou was just saying, Count Magpie, roll down your windows and let your friends find out that way. Uh, it's available online at radiomisfits.com. Follow us at Car Guys Podcast on Twitter. And, of course, our email once again, carguysreport at hotmail.com. We'd love to hear your questions, comments, your suggestions your complaints, your praise, anything you want, just send us an email and we'll make sure to uh, check it out and get back to you on that. Uh, Lou, I wanted to talk, they came across this a while back online, one of our famous uh, lists, and this one was an interesting one. Reckless driving infractions based on the kind of car that people drive. 
and it didn't really define what a reckless infraction was. So I, I assume it could be anything like improper lane usage, maybe not using your turn signals, maybe driving X amount of miles an hour over the speed limit, uh, cutting people off, who knows, giving somebody the finger. I don't know <laughs> exactly what that would be. But this is an interesting um, uh List that some of the cars you just wouldn't think that these people that are recklessly driving would be driving these kinds of cars. Um, the first one in in this is a, a descending going from where, ten where to number the, where one. Where did this order? Uh, I can't remember where it came from. Came I think from. it was a Haggerty thing. I'm not okay. positive. Right. I think it was. A, I usually try to write so down unknown the thing, but I think it was Haggerty. Um, they did some kind of poll. So 44. It's out of 10,000. I guess, infractions or something like that. The Dodge Challenger comes in at number 10, 44 out of 10,000. And it says it's not broken up for a submodel like the Hellcat. I would think that somebody has a Hellcat, they'd be more uh, apt to be a reckless driver than just somebody that has the base model, the V6 Dodge Challenger. But that one didn't surprise me too much because it's a muscle car and you just kind of think that somebody that's got a high-performance car would be more of a you know, an idiot on the roads. Number nine surprises me, the Saturn L200. That was that uh, larger Saturn uh, sedan that they made towards the end. Kind of a boring car, kind of, uh, you know, along the lines of like a, a Buick or a Chevy Impala kind of what, thing. What was that last one, Saturn what? L200. L200. Does that even fit <laughs> in the same I know, sentence I know. with it's reckless a, driving yeah, versus Challenger? It's like, huh? I mean, just listen to the word. Challenger. All right. I'm getting into my Challenger. That tells you I'm ready to go. Exactly. L two hundred. L two hundred. I mean, unless you're doing two hundred. <laughs> and uh, number eight was the Ram fifteen hundred pickup, which doesn't surprise me because pickup drivers sometimes think they own the road and they, you know, they're they're big and bulky and they just kind of cut you off sometimes. And you know, what the hell? You know, I'm just going to go where I want to go, and that's I, I it. I live in the burbs, and they do own the road. Yeah, they, exactly. <laughs> any, any F. 150 any any ram you just move over get out of their way you salute you wave to them and just let them do their thing number seven was kind of a surprise because this was not a big volume selling car it, and and i my notes were made sense to me the volkswagen passat cc which was that kind of um more swoopy uh, they call it like a coupe version, but it's a four-door. It's just a lower uh, roof line in the back. A very good-looking car, and actually it just discontinued it, I believe. Um, but I could see that makes some sense because it's kind of a sporty, kind of cool-looking car. A little stealthy, and I could see somebody just thinking they're kind of the, you know, hey, man, I'm cool. I'm driving this, and Count I Count Magpie just took two drinks. Did he? Yeah, okay. He had a couple of cools right <laughs> Cool, in a, there you right, go. Okay. Right in a row. Okay, so you're going to be counting that. <laughs> uh, I did say oh, that I— I like that. Counting that for I Count Magpie. I did say that. I, do, I know I use the word cool a lot, and I'll try to use some That's other right. adjective. No. But number six, the Cadillac ATS, which is, again, kind of a mid, mid-size, uh, mid-market Cadillac, you know, whatever. Another pickup makes a list at number five, the Chevy 1500 pickup. And that kind of makes sense because I think Chevy, at least until recently, was outselling Ram in the pickup world. So there's obviously more Chevys on the road uh, than Rams. Uh, number four, the Nissan 370Z, which oh, doesn't surprise one. me. Yeah, that's yeah, a great that's car, a uh, fast car. I could definitely see that making the list. And again, we're talking about reckless driving infractions based on the car. And I get uh, the feeling that would probably that, be the exhaust. 
Uh, you know, they, that they maybe modify the a lot of people, a lot of those, you know, a lot of people slam those cars, um, lower them. Yeah. Put on those big, uh, yeah. exhausts and seven louder inch, things. Seven inch pipe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I could see that. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Now this one, I think out of the, the, the three remaining, this one at number three was the one that's just like totally blew me away. 62 out of 10,000, the Isuzu Rodeo. I don't even know if you remember what that looks like. It was the four-door, uh, kind of plain Jane Isuzu SUV, a body on frame. It was kind of a smaller version of the, of the Isuzu Trooper, which I actually owned a Trooper at one point. Uh, but the roadie, I just don't get that because that's not a high-performance car. It's there's not, not any, There's not many of them on the road. No, no. Now, there's not that many left either. I know. And I, my marks were, how? How could this happen? Yeah. I, I, that one was a puzzler. And this one kind of... Um, didn't surprise me if say, they're talking say about F one fifty. So we could no, the F one fifty is not on the really? remaining. No, no, the other two they're they're not real surprising. Number two is the Hyundai Genesis Coupe, and I would say that um, or I don't know if they actually broke it out by the coupe. They just said Hyundai Genesis, but I was thinking it's got to be the coupe. And I just wrote down Boy Racers because the coupe is basically the Hyundai Genesis Coupe is an almost an exact. Uh, replica of the infinity g37 because i bought a g37 and i briefly cross-shopped the genesis coupe and it, i mean the cars is i mean the looks the, the the layout the specifications and i just think that's because it's a lower price alternative to something like the infinity so you're gonna have a younger crowd driving it and again it's kind of like your comments on the 370 i think a lot of people are modifying that thing putting on louder exhaust bigger wheels bigger tires things like that and number one and this one kind of surprises me it's a car that's been out for a long time um i wouldn't necessarily think that it would have been uh in the number one position 73 out of ten thousand infractions the mazda miata come on that's i know i said interesting it's like hmm because it's not a high performance car it's a sporty car it handles well it's a good looking car i don't think the the demographic is necessarily skewing young i think it's kind of a uh maybe a 30 to 45 year old uh, demographic that would be buying that vehicle. Can, can I jump in? To save, yeah, jump to in any time. To, yeah. to save this, to save this reckless driving crew. <laughs> First of all, ladies, gentlemen, I'd like to start with Lou's list of reckless driving favorites. Number one, third person. <laughs> well, we, we don't want to get <laughs> into that every double, time we do double, it. Double but shot. yeah, <laughs> third third person Lou describing a the Corvette. Okay, exactly, that yeah. should be on the list. You own one. Do not tell me, Mark, that you've driven that at the legal speed limit every single time. That's no, impossible. I haven't. We can, and you can't. No. You can't. When you're in it, you have to speed. I would think a Porsche. It's part of having it. A Porsche would somehow be on Stay that list. Stay with me. You're on okay, you're, list. Yeah. All right. Number two, Mustang. Yeah. Every person who buys a Mustang, including myself at one point, buys it because it's the cheap muscle car or the cheaper version of a muscle car so that you can get the maximum horsepower for the minimum cost. Sure. Yeah. Cheap power. That good friend yeah. of the Mustang, the Camaro. Camaro. Yep. Exactly. So the Camaro should be on the list. F-150s should be on the list. I've seen some people do some stuff in F-150s that clearly is not 
within the boundaries, but it's so much and, fun. And it's interesting, too, that it wasn't on there because it's the number one selling vehicle of any vehicle in the U.S. Yeah. And it always has been for like 30 years. They move like 700,000 of those things a year. Right. So if you have an infraction vehicle and would like to add to the list, <laughs> is, is it carguysreport.com or it, something? It's or? carguysreport at hotmail.com. Carguysreport at hotmail.com. Yes. Tell us about your infraction. And Porsche, too, I think should be, you know, 911, I, something yeah. came in. Any Ferrari. Yeah. Right. I mean, a Ferrari standing still should be almost getting a ticket. So let alone you actually drive. I, I can't. And I'm being sincere for a minute. Every time I've seen a Ferrari, it's usually by the back end of it, meaning mm-hmm. it is driving by me sure. and I'm just getting a snapshot of it. Yeah, it goes by in your peripheral vision in a blur, and you're like, That's whoa, it. which yeah. one was that? And right. then it, by the time you right. look, it's, it's gone. <laughs> right. You know, Lamborghini can fall into that class. but Yeah. But I, I just I thought it was an interesting um, lineup of cars, and the, the, the head scratchers there were the mainly the um, the Isuzu Rodeo, uh, Rodeo, which was a, just a head scratcher on that for the infractions. And of course, luckily, I've never had any reckless driving infractions, and I'm sure Lou, you're, you're a safe driver. You haven't had anything like that either. Either maybe in your early youth, your reckless early youth, and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, <laughs> <laughs> nothing, that, nothing that we will say publicly. Um, What's the the next topic? Yeah, I wanted to talk about select five-cylinder cars just for fun. This was another, um, this was kind of a a weird list that came out. It was just kind of a listing. Some of the stuff they... they, Where where did did this list This one came from Car and Driver. Okay. And I actually, I think I added a couple to this list because it wasn't a definitive list. It was just like, hey, here's a bunch of five-cylinder cars you may have forgotten about or cars that are still made or were made. I forgot all of them, so I'm And there's a couple uh, couple on here that I'm sure, mainly the the list is composed mainly of German cars, a lot of Audis, uh, and a lot of Volkswagens, and then Volvo is a big uh, five-cylinder maker. But the the top of the list, and this is, wasn't any kind of order, it's kind of not even alphabetical order, really, but uh, the one that I remember, and you, you probably don't remember this one, was the Acura Vigor, V-I-G-O-R. It was a five-cylinder, kind of a sports four-door sedan, and it was uh, out... Uh, I think in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s, it might have even been a little earlier than that, it was a five-cylinder. They didn't sell a ton of those. You don't see them on the road at all anymore, but it was an interesting car. And the one thing I remember, and again, I'll have to go back to the devotion of accuracy department. I don't know if I'll have the energy to look it up at a later date, but the way, I can't remember, it was a, I think it was a longitudinally mounted. It wasn't transversely mounted because that'd be pretty wide for a five-cylinder. But they did something with the transmission where the front, because it was a front-wheel drive car, and they had to pass one of the drive shafts through the uh, transmission housing or something like that, the way they designed it for compact um, you know, engineering up front. So I always found that was interesting. But the Acura Vigor was a five-cylinder car. Probably the the one five-cylinder car that most people would remember, uh, and unfortunately because of unintended acceleration, was the Audi 5000 slash 100, because the uh, 100 was the new designation for the 5000. A friend of mine's owned like three of those, I think, three or four over the years. They were good cars, uh, very aerodynamic, uh, you know, a proven engine. And then my same friend also owned the Audi Quattro, uh, the UR Quattro, which was the official designation for the the first Quattro. not the short wheelbase rally one, but the regular, what you would call the regular Audi Quattro um, that came out in the early 80s. His was like number 50, uh, and it was an awesome car. That was a turbocharged five-cylinder, all-wheel drive. 
that was just such a cool car. His was Mars red with a uh, dark brown interior, had the uh, accessory gauges on it, and it was totally unmodified. It was totally stock, and it was just an incredible car. So that's that's probably, and, and it, it really had power, too. I mean, I think it was only like 200 horsepower, but at the time in the early 80s, that was decent power from a turbo five-cylinder, and the car moved out really well. A couple of other uh, Audis on the list that have five cylinders, the RS2 Avant, which was not sold in the U.S., and the Audi TT. At, at some point, you could get a five-cylinder in there because the Audi TT had a bunch of different, we were talking about that in one of the, the episodes as a car that recently was discontinued and i think it at, throughout its iterations it had four cylinder v6 and and five cylinder power in it the uh, what we mentioned at the top of the show the uh, hummer h3 along with the chevy colorado and the gmc canyon those were um the two pickups that the hummer h3 was based on those are all available with that 3.7 liter five cylinder that i talked about at the beginning the sprinter van from mercedes-benz that was the original van that uh, Mike and Frank drove on American Pickers. They now upgraded to a Ford uh, Transit van, but their first one was a diesel, and it was a, a pretty sure it was the five-cylinder diesel that they had in their Sprinter van. And keeping along with that, because the Sprinter van is is a Mercedes-Benz product, uh, the Mercedes-Benz, and this is a classic, the 240D, 300D uh, series, uh, those are going way back. Uh, five-cylinder power in those. Uh, a couple of VWs on the list, and one I know, Lou, that you probably forgot about. Uh, we've had five-cylinders in the Beetle, the Golf, the Jetta, and the Passat, which is amazing. I actually got a friend of mine who currently owns a five-cylinder Jetta. Um, and then uh, the same friend, his father owned the VW Eurovan that had the five-cylinder. The Eurovan was the successor to the... Um, uh, the the original what they would call the Wasser Boxer Volkswagen van, which was the first water cooled Volkswagen van that just had the still had the traditional rear engine uh, flat four that was liquid cooled, and then when they introduced the Eurovan, it became front engine front wheel drive, and that had a five cylinder in it. So, and those are actually it's surprising they didn't sell a lot of those. It's a good vehicle, and they actually go for pretty good money if you if you want to find a good Eurovan, you're going to pay up for it. you're going to pay eight nine ten grand for one these days which is interesting because you wouldn't think a car like that would have the kind of demand but it does and then volvo makes a whole bunch of five cylinders uh some of the more memorable ones would be the 850r which was the r spec uh that was a turbo five cylinder the s60 and the v70 wagon a lot of models uh, that volvo has made with five cylinders so you know, I think the, the advantage of the five-cylinder and why it was made is the fact that, you know, you can get more power out of it than a four-cylinder, but it's going to be more compact than a six. And it's just kind of the happy medium because, you know, we've had cars with two one-cylinder engines, two-cylinder, three, four, five, six. We've never had a seven-cylinder. We've had eights. We've had tens, we've had twelves, and we've had sixteen. So <laughs> it's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of different uh, configurations. And the five cylinder just kind of tends to hang on there for whatever reason. And um, you know, I, I've experienced a few, and I don't know if I'd have any strong desire to own a car with a five cylinder, but they are out there. If you just want something different and quirky, uh, certainly no shortage of of makes. And I'm sure there's there's some that that weren't even covered on this list, but uh, mainly the Germans seem to be uh, the Germans and the Swedes uh, in Volvo. Send, tend to be the ones that are uh, making the five-cylinder models. Um, 
We're at the point in the uh, program. Uh, this is the Car Guys Report, of course, uh, for the interesting for sale, uh, just sold, just sold at auction kind of cars. And I know some of our listeners have said that they want to get more of the uh, entry level or the, you know, the more affordable types of cars. And Lou, I came across this one. It was a Bring a Trailer recently uh, sold on, on one of, I'll call it one of our favorite car auction sites, Bring a Trailer. And this is an example of some of the quirky stuff that you can see on that. Do you remember the um, Subaru Justy? Was that like a little, um, like a golf cart? Type Almost. It was uh, It was a, just kind of a squared off car. Most of them, I remember them, most of them being two doors, although the one that just sold here was a four door, little three cylinder engine in it, um, and 1.2 liter three cylinder. Uh, CVT transmission. This one that sold is interesting for a couple of reasons. First of all, it was a 1991 Subaru Justy GL four-wheel drive. So it pretty much had everything the Justy could be known for. So a three-cylinder four-wheel Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty unique. Yeah, three-cylinder What four- do you think the horsepower is on this? Uh, I don't have the... 85. It's, it's, yeah, not, probably, yeah, it's got to be less than 100, easy. Yeah, it's probably 80-ish, 70-ish, 80-ish. And this one was exceptionally clean. I, I, I said that it was both well-sold and well-bought. It went for $5,550. It was a two-owner car, only 41,000 miles, nice uh, color combination, charcoal gray. And some of the uh, information that um, was in the listing was, I think the second guy that bought it, he bought it from the original owner, and he was a mechanic, so he, a uh, Subaru mechanic, so he actually, it didn't really need anything, but he just kind of made sure everything was up to snuff, and the car looks really good. It's a good, clean little car, uh, neat neat interior, uh, this just is a, boxy. The but typical it's a, portion of the show where Lou will describe it for yeah. you as he's the color <laughs> commentator. There's that Lou describing yeah, there, himself. <laughs> I want to keep the count happy. Keep those windows down, count, bring up that volume. So the um, Justy looks like a Volkswagen Golf squeezed in the back end. So the rear door is almost at the hatch, and it has the AWD sticker underneath the mirror on the doors, and the front hood is not very long at all. So it has... Uh, and it's very angular. It's a very flat, you know, got a lot of, it doesn't yeah. really have any curves or roundedness to it. It's a very angular, although flat looks, type of car. Although considered a 91, looks very mid-80s. It does, because that's, yeah. I, you know, when it was introduced. But I just thought it was an interesting car, because yeah. you just, just I, I don't know the last time I even saw a Justy on the road. And just the fact that this one was a four-door, all-wheel drive with that tiny little three-cylinder in it. And I think, like I said, I think the guy that sold it did well, and I think the guy that bought it did well. Five grand, the car's super clean. Um, so it was a worth bringing up here on the uh, Car Guys Report. And like I said before, like we've always said, is if you've never been to uh, Bring a Trailer, uh, check out that site because they always have about 200 active auctions. And that's just one example of the kind of cars you'll see there. But a lot of high-end exotics, classics, a lot of JDM imports, some very, very cool things that are available on Bring a Trailer. Com. If you like the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, be sure to check out some of the other fine podcasts that are available on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, like the podcast Minutia Men's Celebrity Interview. It's an OPI show. Minutia Men's Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern have now spun off a brand new podcast. Their interviews often delve into lesser-known details of well-known celebrities or examinations into celebrities that aren't as well-known, but somehow they still have the moniker of a celebrity. Fun, compelling, and memorable. It's Minutia Men Celebrity Interviews only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. You can find us uh, 
wherever you find podcasts. You can go to opishows.com. That's O-P-P-I-H shows.com and just search for Radio Misfits. You can also always just Google the title of these uh, programs too and you'll be directed right to the Radio Misfits podcast network. That's what we're doing here. We're the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon along with uh, Lou Costable. Thanks so much for uh, taking some time to uh, tune in and listen to us. And Lou, I've been looking forward to uh, doing uh, this story. This is something that appeared in the uh, Wall Street Journal. And it, it's just one of these stories that it's just like it's too too crazy not to talk about. The Stone Martin Weasels. No, it's not a British punk band that is invading our shores. It's uh, actual weasels. They're called Stone Martin Weasels. They're uh, basically they're found throughout uh, different parts of the world, but a lot of them are found in Germany. And they actually have problems with these little varmints. There's a picture of one of the guys right there underneath the hood. I mean, he's cute and all, but apparently... These Looks, things. Like, looks like a ferret. Yeah, kind of a ferret type thing. Maybe a th- uh, not as long. Ferrets are more like a hot dog. This is more like a sausage. A more, a more compact. Yeah, uh, sausage. A, a compact weasel. But they say here, ever wondered what kind of weasel would vandalize a perfectly good car left outside at night? Germany has the answer. Its technical name is the Stone Martin. It's a sharp-toothed critter that has a habit of squeezing into the innards of parked cars and feasting on plastic hoses and tubes, as well as the interior parts. And Germany's Martin population is exploding. They say, now this is an interesting statistic. They say weasel damage is the fourth most frequent cause for non collision auto insurance claims in Germany. We have weasel damage here in the States. It's unbelievable. Too, yeah. Well, we have squirrel damage too and everything like that, but I mean, it's, it's really a problem. They said last year drivers were fi- had filed 198,000 claims for weasel inflicted damage, a 42% increase since 2005. And they say and that probably underestimates the carnage that these critters are causing in Germany. Um, How many cars? 198,000 claims. Wow. In one year on these. Yeah, it's the fourth most uh, frequent cause for non-collision auto insurance claims in Germany. They say, while other Europeans may dismiss weasel attacks as a mere annoyance, no one messes with a German car, a German's car without consequences, says uh, Michael Schonthal, owner of the MS Martyr Shire GmbH. My apologies. I'm not a German speaker, so if I'm uh, mangling the uh, accents there and everything, I apologize. A maker of popular weasel deterrent systems. You know, that's where we were heading, which is why the German auto industry has declared war on the weasel. Um, They have to get to know their enemy. They said the stone martin is an intelligent animal and they say um, what they do is they they understand, they say the lone ferociously territorial creature understands that there is a rich buffet on offer in human civilization. Auto parts aren't technically edible. They seem to send the stone martin into a rage. So they're not really feasting on this stuff. They just tend to just like start chewing on this stuff. Maybe because they're, because I've read that like squirrels' teeth grow a lot and they have to continually chew on things. And maybe that same thing with the weasel. And they just rip these things to shreds. It's just unbelievable. They say uh, they have come, um, automakers have come to us with hoses that they have developed and want to know if they are safe, she says, pointing to a pile of boards in her lab. We're talking about a lady named Ms. Parlow, who is a part of uh, the uh, Otter Center. It's a conservation center in West Germany. Weasel da- uh, vandalism reached epidemic proportions only recently, but has been a sporadic problem for decades. In 1979, Rudy Mugler, a game commissioner in Winterfur, Switzerland, 
posited the existence of a new auto weasel after catching one red pod in the first documented ferret car invasion. The German Automobile Club warned that German cars appeared especially delectable to the animals, worried that they would drive customers to seemingly inedible foreign brands. Audi AG, the luxury car maker owned by Volkswagen, of course, um, hired a biologist in 1982 to get to the bottom of the problem. And that gentleman, uh, Mr. Kugelschafter, uh, has been interviewed hundreds of victims, locked up luxury cars in cages, and watched as the weasels rip them to shreds. He says they absolutely go insane and tear everything apart. And it's just, it's just unbelievable, I mean, that, that they would do this. And this is really, truly happening. They said the early days of the war on weasels were frustrating. Sprays made from dog or bear urine didn't work. So they're trying to figure out, you know, what the heck to do with these things. So they've settled on um, the pasture fence principle. It's an electric fence woven around the engine to uh, zap the critters. And this was introduced in 1985. They have a patent on it, the weasel defense system that remains the number one anti-weasel <laughs> weapon of choice today. I mean, this is just a cry. And we're not making this up. This is like too, well, well, too you, real you to be, you to be fake. Make, you can't make this up. We're, no. we're doing an episode right now. Where we thought of the Car Guys report. It's turned into Caddyshack. The, the weasels, we yeah. Have, we have Mark doing his <laughs> imitation of Bill Murray. <laughs> Mercedes-Benz once used the device in an advertisement for a new electric version of its A-Class. A wily weasel crawls into the car's engine and is repelled by a stiff electric shock, followed by the message, the electric A-Class, innovation with power. And Audi, in a bit of territorial marking of its own, I love the way this article is written, by the way, because it's got that humor weaved into it, advertises an, its optional martyr... I'm not even going to try to say that. Or weasel defense system with the slogan, my Audi, my territory. <laughs> weasel repellent spray retails for about $20 a can if you don't have the electric stuff underneath your hood. Dozens of products online in the German Amazon store. Um, it's just amazing. There are mats and netting that can be attached to the underside of an engine. The mechanical voices such as decoy cables that can be hooked up to a battery source to shock the animals when they bite. And the, at the more sophisticated end, uh, there's a company that has developed a weasel defense array of six ultrasound speakers coupled with high-voltage electricity. The speakers send ultrasound bursts that are inaudible to humans but allegedly unbearable to the critters. And it's just like, this is just unbelievable. I mean, I've read that one, one reason that squirrels tend to like the wiring harnesses in modern cars is they're made, the, the, the coating, the wrapping of the wiring harness is made with soy-based um, vinyl or whatever it is, but it's soy-based, and they go after the soy in it. Um, here it just seems like these things just are just, they just go nuts, and they just start ripping everything apart. I, I like that real. weasel that goes nuts. Weasel that goes nuts. There you go, Lou. But <laughs> the um, weasels after the nuts. I just, I mean, we have stone martins here in the U.S. too. They're not obviously as um, prevalent uh, here in in our country as they are in Germany. But it's just, I, I just saw this article. I'm like, this has to get on the podcast because it's just. Something that's just incredibly, and if you go to Google, because I did it uh, when this article came out, just type in Stone Martin Weasel, and you'll just get a whole bunch of stuff on, on you know, the, showing that this is real. It's a real problem, and they've obviously been vexing the automotive engineers and the automotive companies for uh, close to 40 years now, and um, so if you happen to walk out and have something wrong with your car and you don't know what it is, it could be the attack of the stone martin weasel have you ever had any um 
inside or rodent damaged any cars that you've uh, ever owned lou like storage or luckily i've evaded any issues here at the car guys report warehouse i haven't to answer your question there are a few things i do though just proactively one of them is i stick a bounce i've heard that yeah <laughs> i stick a bounce, the dryer sheet uh, dryer sheet in uh the i'll call it the floorboard right where the pedals are and you know on the passenger side as well and it's supposed to be what the odor and i guess the odor keeps keep them smoothly like, keep them away anything that like mice or things yeah. like that out so i've been told and so i've never had the problem yeah uh and i do want to say martin is m-a-r-t-e-n e yeah so uh stone m-a-r-t-e-n weasel so i like to keep that we don't want anybody looking up the wrong weasels, for God's sake. I do so. think that'd be a great name for a rock band, though. Oh, you know, the, yeah. the Stone Martin Weasels. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> and it'd be a really high-energy, frenzied yeah. punk band, you know, that would just go in there, hello, mates, yeah. <laughs> and just rip everything Today up. Today we're doing yeah. the Audi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, again, something that, uh, you know, you might find out about on the uh, Car Guys Report only here on this podcast and certainly appreciate that. And Lou, I think there's a Stone Martin Weasel at the front door. We're going to take a break and we'll be back shortly. Coming to a podcast near you on the Opi Shows and Radio Misfits Podcast Network, it is And Friends. We are back with Season 3. I'm Sam. I'm Tommy. And I'm Kimmy. We talk about everything and anything you could possibly think of. Tommy, what do you usually talk about? I like to talk about just anything that'll take us down a rabbit hole and start a discussion about it. Kim, what are you up to? Well, I have some sex talk for this season, but I've changed it a bit for you boys. Changed it. Because I want to keep it fresh and hopefully make it not as raunchy. Oh. But Sammy, what do you got? Oh, I got Florida Man stories that are a little bit shorter and a little bit funnier, I'll have to say so myself. But you'll hear all of that on And Friends. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. What do you get when you hear a celebrity minutiaman interview, Dave? Rick, think of Dan Rather and Bill Meyer having a kid. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. So you'll get minutia. Right. What does a Damone from Fast Times at Ridgemont High really think about the movie? Only right. one place to find out, and that's Celebrity Minutiaman Interview, a Tony Lasano podcast. Go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. And we're back here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon, along with uh, Lou Costable. We like doing lists on this uh, podcast from time to time, Lou. And one thing that I was saying that we're going to be covering for at least a couple more episodes is is cars that either departed sometime during the last decade now that we're in 2020 or cars that weren't available anymore after 2019. Just kind of some decade year-ending things that are always interesting, even though we're starting to get into the towards the end of the first quarter of 2020 but still good things to talk about and this is the first half of cars that are no longer available in this current year 2020 so 2019 was the last year for a lot of these models we've already talked about this is an alphabetical order so we'll be covering a through c uh, on this uh, first of the 10 part uh or 20-part uh, list. The Audi TT, we've already talked about. Our man in the field, Roger Rexrode, reported this months ago, 1998 to 2019. That was a nice long run for the Audi TT, 20-year, 20 21-year run. 
uh, the BMW 3 Series Gran Turismo. Now, that was kind of an oddball car. To me, it was a five-door version of the 3 Series. It kind of had a high rear end where the hatch was carved into it, and it had about a six-year run, 2013 to 2019. My, my comments there were no loss because it just it didn't really fit in with the 3 Series, I thought. It just didn't look good. And similar to that, the BMW 6 Series Gran Turismo. That one was a little bit better looking, but it was, again, it was just kind of an oddball car that only had it on the market for two years, 2018 and 2019. Now, the next one on the list is unfortunate because this is a very nice looking car. And again, Lou, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these on the road, and you can see why they probably discontinued it, at least in our country. The Buick Cascada or Cascada, C-A-S-C-A-D-A. It was a rebadged Opal and of course, GM sold Opal several years back, but it was a really good-looking car. It was kind of a, kind of imagine taking the Mitsubishi Eclipse uh, convertible and kind of elongating it, making it less rounded, and then raking the windshield back even farther. That's what the Buick Cascada looked like. Gorgeous car. It was uh, here available in the U.S. from 2016 to 2019. I said, too bad. It was a nice-looking car. Um, and there are a few out there, and I think they'd be a pretty good buy right now because I don't think, um, you know, obviously it didn't sell too well. Uh, the, the distinguishing feature on that car was just the rake of the windshield. It was a very raked windshield. It looked really, really good. Uh, an old man car uh, makes the list, another Buick, the Buick LaCrosse. 20, uh, 2005 to 2019, but they said that that's going to soldier on in China. So we don't see the lacrosse here in the U.S. anymore, but it's going to soldier on in China. The Buick Regal GS, too. That was uh, GM's attempt to try to make uh, something sporty in the Buick lineup. And then uh, we've got a couple of Cadillacs, the CTS 2002 to 2019. No more CTS-V, which is always a favorite car of mine, especially the station wagon that had the 550 horsepower um, supercharged v8 in there uh great uh great car uh, and then the cadillac xts was the last front drive caddy sedan available 2013 to 2019 so as we've talked about previously on this program cadillac just seems to try to keep finding its way somewhere but they keep discontinuing all their <laughs> all their good cars so i don't know what's going to happen and then two uh, chevys on the first part of this list the chevy cruise 2011 to 2019 of course they closed the lordstown assembly plant in ohio last year and that was where the cruise was being um manufactured uh cruise was an uh kind of a, a not a, i don't want to say entry level because there's the chevy spark and then there's the sonic those are the two super entry level chevys but the cruise was just kind of the small four-door sedan uh, nothing real special but a decent car uh, my cousin had one of them and it seemed like it was a fine car and then the chevy volt with a v of course they make the chevy bolt with a b but the chevy volt which was uh one of the first uh, plug-in uh hybrids and a plug-in electric vehicle and that uh, soldiered on 2011 through 2019 and they made a couple of different versions of it and just a, a low volume seller and i kind of think that that vehicle is probably a little bit ahead of its time because now you're seeing a lot more plug-in hybrids everywhere and they're becoming i don't want to say common but you're just seeing a lot more of them being introduced by manufacturers and somehow i think the chevy volt People didn't exactly understand what it was, and they were like, well, it was an electric vehicle, but it has a gas engine. And, and I remember there was controversy when the car first came out, and they said that at, at no, initially they said at no point does the gas engine actually power the car directly, but then they backpedaled and they said, yes, there are times, depending on throttle position or 
terrain or something like that where the gas engine could actually power the car directly instead of going through the the electric motors so it's just kind of a quirky car and i think that's going to kind of have a little bit of a cult following now that it's been discontinued because i think there's people that have the chevy volts and really like them so that's the first part of the cars no longer available in 2020 no real big surprises there out of that first top 10 list lou is there anything that you lament seeing go by the wayside or are you glad that uh, they finally got rid of it I, first of all, there was nothing on the list that I felt connected yeah, to, yeah. with the exception of the Audi TT. It's always yeah. been one of those cars I've thought about, but sure. never really mm-hmm. investigated. Yeah. So um, I guess people like myself who've been interested, but I've, never I've, investigated. I've, I've, I know we've talked about this before, and I'm in the same ballpark as you on that. It's the fact that the TT, I've, I've considered it. I've never actually test drove. I never got to the point of wanting to test drive one, but I've, I've seen them on the roads for 20 years. I've always thought, hmm, I wonder what that would be like, and I just never took that extra step. Yeah, an unusual shape and yeah. very distinctive. Yeah, and the only other one that I lament on this list, at least first half of the list, is the, is the CTS uh, the Caddy CTS, especially the CTS V, and I think a lot of people uh, are lamenting that too because it, that was a neat car, and um, especially the, like I said, the uh, the the station wagon version of it was very very cool. So uh, we'll cover the second part of cars no longer available in 2020 in the next episode of the Car Guys Report. If you like what you're listening to, and we certainly hope that you do, make sure that. Other than just listening to us, please subscribe to us as well. You'll get an automatic uh, notification every time there's new content. And please take a moment to rate us as well. You can go to opishows.com or wherever you find your podcast. You can search for Radio Misfits on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We've got some nice uh, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, and we certainly would appreciate you taking the time to give us uh, some of your positive comments on what you're hearing here on the Car Guys Report. The best thing about podcasting is you can listen on any device, your phone, your iPod, your laptop, your tablet, your desktop, and it's listening when you want to listen. You can listen in your car, at home, when you're on the go, and you can fast forward, rewind, replay, delete, go back and listen to stuff that you've already listened to. It's listening on your own terms, and of course, it's all totally free. Just go to radiomisfits.com and you'll get all the podcasts that are available through the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, including what we're doing here, the Car Guys Reports, Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon, along with Lou Costable, we're at the point in the program where we talk uh, for a few minutes about Lou's uh, popular YouTube channel called My Car Story with Lou, and we like to play what we call the My Car Story with Lou guessing game. If you want to tell our listeners about that, Lou, you seem to uh, do it probably a little bit better than i do so here's the rules fans to the guessing game number one you obviously can guess right along with mark because mark has not seen any of these cars that i'm going to talk about or the view numbers so the guessing game goes that on the channel my car story with lou on youtube and obviously my cars might be different than somebody else who videos the same car but from the channel that we have, we from go your by the, real world experience, my real world experience, <laughs> real globe experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're picking the cars and we give them. They're all in the same week, so they're all you know. We got a fair shot at sure. all being the same. Yeah, the same amount of views in that time frame. So here's our three cars we're picking today, and I usually do them oldest to the newest. A 1955 Oldsmobile 98 Starfire convertible. Okay. That's two-tone. I've got that in my 
in my mind. I know exactly what the car looks like. 1955 yep. Oldsmobile yep. 98, which is the higher end versus the 88. Do you have what, what the two-tone was, what the color was? Uh, it is uh, blue and white. That's what I figured. I, I had that exact car in my head. I've probably seen that one at a car show, but I, you I know. You may have. Yeah. It's you a may have. 19, car. 1966 Chevrolet Corvair Yanko Stinger Stage 2, number 76. So a real Yanko. And engine sound. Okay. Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is my car story. Yeah. If it had the word tribute in there, <laughs> I would have told you. Yeah. But this is a real Yanko Stinger, cool. which that's only awesome. 100 were made. What color is that car? That one's white. They all okay. were white. Okay. With, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they were with, with the blue. Yep. Yep. And the last one is a 98 Toyota Supra Turbo okay. in black yep. and engine sound. Yep. So the game now goes that Mark will pick his number one pick of by views from people who've watched the channel, number two pick and number three pick. Mark? I will go with the Yanko Corvair, number one. Numero uno is the Yanko. The Oldsmobile, uh, number two, and the Toyota Supra, number three. Ding, 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 ding. Mark has hit them all wow. dead on. Awesome. Yeah, you awesome. have nailed them exactly as is. And I listen just, to the numbers, though. The Stinger had 26,363 wow. views. Yeah, that's a cool car, though. There I yeah. go, cool. But no, it is. It's, it's a very, very right. unique car. You don't see them. Right color off, combination. Yep. Right off the bat, somebody's going to say, hey, Jay Leno's got one of those, and they're right. So, Well, what car doesn't Jay Leno have? He's got a <laughs> yeah, few that he doesn't have. A few he doesn't have, have. Probably I know. the 98 Toyota, yeah, yeah. Toyota Turbo. The 55 Buick Oldsmobile also had a nice viewing of 14,522. Okay. So still about 12,000 less than the Yanko Stinger. Now here totally shocked me. If you saw this 98 Toyota Supra Turbo, it is the, you know, first of all, it's black. Mm -hmm. We're talking 98. We're talking 20 plus years. And this Paint is a mirror. I think I may have seen that car I at, at a local cars car. and coffee because was it yeah. low mileage, like thirty low some thousand mileage, or something? Yeah, same owner for a long time. Yeah, I think I, I've seen that car. It's it's awesome. I walk past the car, super and, clean. And the paint, yeah, it stopped is. Me. It is. Yeah. I went. How how could this have no buff marks? Yeah. Nothing. I mean, it was. It amazing. was. Yeah. Yeah. 861 views. I think for two reasons there. I mean, that that's a great car, but I think that, A, being black, it's not necessarily going to pop on the video as much as it would in person. Yeah. And being black, there was no... It, it, and that's the, the fairly rounded Supra, right? So yeah, it, it's, it just kind of looks undistinguishable, I guess, when you see it. Yeah. It doesn't stand out for what it is. Well, and the fact that people that are into the Supras are into the Supras, but your average person probably isn't into them as much as... Yeah. So I can see why it had only well, I took I took a wonderful cover shot of the back of the car with that big swooping mm -hmm. spoiler yep. that it has. So I think I got its best side, so to speak. Yeah. And it was a sunny day, and I had... Uh, whenever you uh, take a photograph of a black car, you always have this risk of it looking like a mirror. So anything sitting next to it, you're going to have basically in your quarter panel in the side door. Yeah. And I took a really clean shot where you pretty much got just black. Yeah. So uh, I really take a little time to make sure that the viewer gets oh, what sure. we can yeah. see. Anyway, but yeah, you nailed it. Wow. One, two, three. That's so, great. So congratulations, Thank Mark. You. And uh <laughs> 
Great job. Good. Thank you, Lou. Do, certainly do appreciate that. And we uh, do the uh, My Car Story guessing game every episode here on the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. And make sure to check out Lou's YouTube channel, My Car Story with Lou, on YouTube. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, we're going to talk about bad ideas that were made into cars. And then I have in parentheses, or something like that. It's a little bit confusing, but it's just kind of those head-scratching cars that actually made it into production. You're like, what the heck were they thinking to actually bring that out? We've got a couple of interesting cars on that list. That and plenty more on the next episode of the Car Guys Report. Mark Vernon along with Lou Cossible, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to us. Certainly do appreciate having you along for the ride. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with OpiShows.com. Opie is the word hippo spelled backwards, O-P-P-I-H, shows.com. It's distributed by Ed Silha with Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place, and that would be RadioMisfits.com. This Opie podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Hey, this is Tony Lozano, and if you like podcasts, well, I'm the guy that you want to meet. Well, maybe, but I have my own called Nude Hippo, the podcast, and I do it with uh, many members of and friends, uh, including Kimmy. Hello. We feature some of the coolest guests like... Ryan Cheverini, Ginger Z, Mr. Skin, Tom Dreesen, and so many more. These are like milestone interviews. They're timeless. So this way, you could pick it up at any point. I suggest you start from the beginning. Nude Hippo, the podcast, and Opie Show. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radio Misfits. <laughs> I'm Howard Sudbury. I'm Steve Baskerville. And on the next Back to You, we're going to have part two with comedian Dwayne Kennedy. What? What are we going to do, Dwayne? More yammering. <laughs> <laughs> Much more yammering. That's what we're known for. Yeah. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Back to You, an Opie show, only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, it's those weird ideas that actually were made into cars, plus more car models you won't see in 2020. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.